knock it off. Trying to preach the Word of God. Um, but I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for being attentive this morning. Please don't fall asleep because it will hurt my feelings. I'd also like to introduce um, some people. I, I have the privilege of having my, the three most loved people in my life here today. Um, you, you've already heard one, but the other two, um, not only are my parents, but they're my, my best friends and my teachers and my buddies. And uh, they just celebrated their 24th wedding anniversary on Wednesday, and I'd like you to stand up and welcome Jim and Sharon Gimmel. I love you guys. My message this morning, I've called it the missing link. And you may wonder why I call it the missing link. Well, it's because one, you may remember it, and two, it deals with something that I've dealt with over this entire year. And it's something that God's been teaching me that I've seen that has been missing, not only in America today, but in Christianity in America today. It's something that I found that if you begin to grasp that it'll change your life entirely. You will have a new perspective on things in all areas of your life. And it's something that I don't hear talked about very often. As a matter of fact, I talked to Dr. Smith and he didn't know of any new books out on the subject. And I've never heard it preached before. That scares me. And I've never seen a book on it. And I find that it's throughout the Bible. And as we go throughout today, you'll see that it is a very major theme throughout the whole Bible. It's something that I see the missing link is the fear of God. And it's my attempt this morning to bring to you from the Word of God just what it says about the the fear of God. And my whole goal today is just to lift up the name of Christ and God. And maybe today you'll leave with a different perspective on who God is and what it means to fear Him and honor Him. And when I speak of fear, I mean reverence and respect and honor holding him in a very high regard. So when you think of fear, don't just don't think of the fear of scared or being trembled, but think of a, a reverence and an honor for God. Let's pray. Dear Father, I come before you right now very humble and, and pleading for your wisdom and your insight, Father, your spirit. I pray that it be your, your words, not mine, Father. Not my own wisdom, the, the things I've thought up, but your words. What you want to say to the Master's College today and to me. Father, I thank you so much for giving us your word. And I thank you for the power of prayer. And Lord, I just pray at this time we'd be changed. That we would leave here understanding a little bit more about you and what it means to fear you. pray this in your Son's name. Amen. I'd like to start off and deal with maybe how it's missing in America. Um, I was thinking back um, as I was preparing it to the times when the pilgrims came over, and I thought of, you know, why did they come over? Well, they're trying to escape from King George and the religious persecution that he brought on them. And so they came over and they established America, our nation. And eventually our money was coined and the songs, and we say, in God we trust, and our national songs deal with so many things that have God in its title. And I can see that back then that the country had a sense of the fear of God and honor and a respect for Him. But it's 1990. It's a long time since that day. And I think 
You know, I, I laugh. Even 50 years ago, you look at the morality of the people and you laugh at the way they dressed and the way they looked and the things that they would say. And you could go to a movie and you wouldn't have to worry about hearing the Lord's name being thrown about. You wouldn't have to worry about seeing some naked person on the screen in front of you. You wouldn't have to worry about violence shooting out at every, every two seconds. You wouldn't have to worry about those things. And I kind of used to laugh at those things. I think, boy, those are silly movies. I mean, look at them. They're just little fruity pants and whatever. And the bathing suits. I think, how do they ever get a tan? I mean, they must be a bunch of white people because they, they would wear things that would cover them. But yet we laugh at that. And we think, well, that's kind of funny. That's not the way it is today, though. Think about it today, where we've come just as far as morality. America. You can't even go to the beach without your eyes being accosted. You can't go to a movie that is other than G and not hear the Lord's name in vain. Our violence, our nudity. Even G, Disney is even putting out movies that would scare me sometimes with some of their characters. There's violence in them. It's all over. The morality of this country has, has gone down very far. I think of other things in our country. I think of abortion. And I think of teenage pregnancies. And I, t- I think of gangs. And I think of freeway shootings. There's so much out there. You can pick up the newspaper any day and you will find things that are going on that show a lack of respect and an honor and a fear of God. Our country does not fear God. And to kind of sum it up, when the earthquake happened in San Francisco, our president went over there to visit. And the front page of the L.A. Times, on his response to what he said when he, he looked over the whole place, there was one line and it had two words. His response was Jesus Christ. Now, that response wasn't in a prayerful way. It wasn't in a respectful way. It was in a way that you would find someone on the street who just got ticked off at someone that, that cut him off or someone in a, in a sports event in a public high school that I heard so often back then just yelling at the top of their lungs and just swearing, saying his name. And that was our president, George Bush, this year. Front page of the L.A. Times, read by millions. Now let me ask you, does that show a fear of God, a respect? I say no. Now let's think about a fear of God and, and Christians today in America. And the way I'd like to come about it is, you remember in Exodus when God would talk to Moses all the time and he would tell them, he would tell Moses things to do and different things and, and converse with him. Well, I'd like to just bring about a little scene that maybe God is talking to a Christian leader today. And this is my, how, how it might go. Um, We'll think we'll just call the person doctor. They're starting to talk, and God looks down to the doctor and he says, You know, I have a question for you. I want want to ask you one thing. I want to know if you think that Christians in America fear God. So the doctor thinks about it a minute, and he says, Oh, yeah, I think we do. And God says, Then. Listen, listen to my line of reason and then see if your response will change. He says to doctor, he says, doctor, if the majority of Christians today who claim to know me, who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, 
If they claim to fear me, why is it that I find them so often listening to things, reading things, watching things that I have no part in? I, I think that they're beginning to lose a sense of who I am. That the holiness that I possess is perfect. And that I do not associate with sin. But yet at the same time, they're doing all these things that are contrary to me. Is there, are their hearts becoming too hard? Are they becoming too cold to me? You know, doctor, I was thinking about another thing. Thinking about churches. I think about their worship. You know, they come before me and they start to sing and yet their mind is wandering every which way. There's no focus on me when they sing. I just desire to be worshipped. But yet their mind is far away on a game on what they're going to make that afternoon. I find that the majority of Christians just aren't worshipping me, doctor. And why is it that in churches today that they claim to fear me, yet they have a bigger attendance at their church league softball game and their basketball games than they do at the prayer meetings? It's not just in one area, he says, doctor, to doctor. It's all over the country. He said, doctor, I don't need to tell you about the people who are preaching prosperity gospel. You already know about those. I'm talking about the people, the fundamental evangelical Christians who claim to know me, who claim to fear me and honor me. That's who I'm talking about. And you know, doctor, the thing that hurts the most and that really gives me the evidence that they don't fear me is the time that they spend with me. I've given them my word. I've laid it out. But yet, so many do not spend time in it. Oh, they think they do. They, they, they open it for their word for the day. And they pick it up when they have troubles. When they want to find an answer to something, they'll pick it up. But they don't delight in it. They don't desire it. The time that they spend on their knees in prayer with me, it doesn't show me that they respect and reverence me. You yourself know that a couple of years ago there was a survey done with 2,000 pastors, doctor, and out of those 2,000 pastors from across the country, they said that the average time they spent in personal prayer and Bible study with God every day was 15 minutes. That's, our, that's their leaders. What about the people who are sitting in the pews? What kind of examples are those? They claim to fear me, yet they don't spend time with me. Doctor, you're beginning to see. Do they really fear me? Do they really reverence me? They have so many other things on their mind. Sure, Satan has done a good job putting out snares and traps to get them. But I don't think that they understand when my word says that the things that you see will pass away. Their focus isn't on the eternal. They're looking out wondering when they're going to get their new car, when they're going to get the, the better house, get that new book. But doctor, they don't fear me. So he says, have you changed your mind, doctor? on what you felt before. The doctor looks up, tears in his eyes, and he says, yes. 
And he has to admit to him that even I don't fear you like I should. You may ask, is this a biblical concept? Is this really in the Bible? Is there such a thing as fear and reverence for God? And are we not fearing God? Well, I'm going to fly through some scriptures and you can follow along if you like. I'm going to go from Genesis to Revelation and just show you some places where men and women feared God. I'm going to start off in Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. And you can follow, but I'm just going to read them and go on. You know the story, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham's going to offer Isaac. And it says in verse 11, or verse 10, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. He feared God. God spared his son. Genesis 42, 18. Joseph is talking with his, his brothers after he's on the throne. And he says, in verse 18, it says, Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. Joseph feared God. Deuteronomy 4, 9 and 10 says this. Israel is being urged to obey God's law. And it says in verse 9, Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. And again in Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days might be prolonged. Over in Joshua, chapter 6. Verses 1, no, sorry, chapter 4, verse 24 says this. This is when the priests set up the stones and the kids are going to ask their fathers one day, what do these stones mean? And it says in verse 23 and 24, it says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Job 1.8. You're probably very familiar with this. You know the scene. Satan's talking to God. And God says, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Proverbs 31. You know that. It's dealing with the woman. And... What does it say at the end in verse 30? What does it come down to out of all these things that it lists? 
says in verse 30, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Ecclesiastes, the end, the preacher, keeps saying over and over, all is vanity, all is vanity. He goes through all these things that can be enjoyed in this life, but it comes down to, it is all vanity. But what does he say at the end of verse 13? He says, a conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep His commandments because this applies to every person. Let's look in the New Testament, Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It's talking about the church. And it says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. The New Testament church feared God. The Old Testament saints feared God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. First Peter 2.17, you don't have to turn there, you know what it says. It says, fear God, honor the King. Revelation chapter 19, verse 5. It says, and a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God and all you, His bondservants, you who fear Him, the small and the great. I think it's clear through these passages that the fear of God runs throughout Scripture. We've seen it in our Old Testament. We've seen Joseph and Abraham and Job. The the woman described in Proverbs. The preacher in Ecclesiastes. The New Testament church. Paul emphasizing it. And in Revelation, it's going to come down that we will fear God. Well, let's look at what are, some, what are the promises of God to those who fear Him? Now this will be mainly in Psalms and Proverbs, so let's look at a few of those. Psalms 25, verse 14 says, The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him. may also be intimacy. An intimate relationship with God is for those who fear Him. Psalm 33 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope for His loving kindness. Psalm 34, 9, O fear the Lord, you His saints, for to those who fear Him there is no want. People who fear God have everything that they need. They have no want. You'll be familiar with this passage, Psalm 103. Says in verse 13, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Verse 17, but the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Here's an interesting one for all those who want to be fathers. Psalm 128, 1 through 4. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy, and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like all the plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall a man be blessed who fears the Lord. 
Proverbs 10 talks about prolonging life, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. And again in 19.23, The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. I claim that verse when I go to bed. I'll tell you, this is not a joke. I have not had a nightmare since I have. It may seem kind of funny, but it's true. I sleep satisfied. My mind is not on other things, and it does not allow an opportunity for the devil to come in. In Proverbs 22.4, it says, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Now, to be honest with you, that's not my focus. The promises will come when you start to fear God. But let's, let's look at our lives and let's get practical here. Let's see if we fear God even now. Psalm 115, verse 11 says, You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. You can ask yourself, are you fearing, am I fearing God? You can also ask yourself, do I trust God? You know, so many people today question God and blame God for things, and they do and say all these things and blame it on God, and they don't trust Him for their life. All that's showing is that they don't understand who God is. They do not reverence Him. They do not hold Him in a high regard and understand His power. They don't trust Him. So they turn to other things and other ways, other people to get advice. And, and in the end, it's not beneficial. Look at Psalm 112, verse 1. Do I fear God? Well, it says, Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. Well, do you, do you greatly delight in the Word of God? Do you greatly delight... In obeying Him. Do you look at the Word of God and get excited? Are you happy to obey Him? Do you want to obey Him? Because part of the fear of the Lord is a desire to want to obey Him. And I guess the most practical one out of them all is, do you hate evil? Psalm 34, 11-14 says this, I will teach, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. He's going to tell us what it means to fear God. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Here it is. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 3, seven. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 8.13 can't put it any plainer. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That's what the fear of the Lord is. That's ways that we can examine ourselves and say, Am I fearing God right now, today, in this building? Do I trust Him? Do I want to obey Him? Do I love His Word? Do I love His commandments? And do I hate evil? And now I'm going to come to the point where I think is most important in my message. 
And I'd like you to turn to Proverbs chapter 2 with me. Read the first five verses. And the question I want to ask, and I want you to think about through the rest of this time, is do you really want it? It says in verse 1, My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, what does it say there? Then, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout the verses that have been dealing, excuse me, dealing with it, there's a lot of fear and obedience, fear, hating evil. And here it says, if you receive treasure, make your attentive, incline, cry, lift, seek, search, all those things, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. And again, I ask you, do you really want it? I think of all the times we listen to sermons. Every time we listen to a message, or whether it be in class, and we hear these things that if you do this, you do this, then this will happen to you. This is what God's Word says. This is what you're supposed to do. So many times I find that I think about that for a couple hours, and then I forget about it. And I don't do anything about it. And I just keep going on. And you know, I'm honest with myself, I know that most will go from here, and they'll think about it for a while, but then they'll forget it. And that's why I'm emphasizing this last point. Do you really want it? Because it's going to take commitment, it's going to take discipline, and it's going to take sacrifice on your part. Christians in America, do we fear God? Do you really want to? I could stand up here and try to manipulate you into feeling bad or feeling just sorrow over what Christ did. I could describe His crucifixion. I could do all sorts of things up here to maybe make you cry or make you sad and to think, my goodness, I need to pray. I need to get into the, I need to get into the Bible. But I don't want to do that. I want God to speak to you through His Spirit. I want Him to convict you. You think about it. Those five verses, there's a lot of things you have to do there. It's not just getting on your knees for five minutes and saying, Lord, please teach me the fear of God. Please teach me to hate evil. I want to hate evil. But you know, I know some of you won't do it. You won't get on your knees and you won't take the time and you won't sacrifice things. You won't put down that book. You won't turn off the TV. Because you really don't want it. Because you're scared. You know, once you get down on your knees, the more you're on your knees, the more you see your sin. And the more you see your sin, the more you realize that you've got to be on your knees. And the more you study the Word, the more you see that you're a disobedient, depraved human being and that you need this more and more. And maybe you're scared because you know when you do that, maybe God's going to say, I don't want you to be a teacher. I want you to be a missionary in Japan where you don't understand the language. He might say to you, I don't want you to be going out with that person. I want, I want you to marry this person over here. And it scares you to think of what God might tell you when you get down. 
on your knees and when you search His Word. So again, I ask, do you really want it? You know, it really hurts. It hurts me a lot to see American where it's gone. To see how it does not fear God. And it hurts me even more to see my own church back home, whom I described as more people showing up at a softball game than they do prayer meeting. It's been that way for 11 years. It's the same people that go to the prayer meeting. No matter when I go home for break or it's the summer, it's always the same people. I don't understand that sometimes. Why is that? It's because people don't want to lay aside the treasures they have built up on earth. They, they don't want to put away the things that they have, their little toys. They don't want to take the time to spend on their knees. And you know what? It is hard. Ask my roommate. He knows. It is hard to spend time on your knees before God. It is hard to study His Word all the time. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of hours on your knees crying before God and sweating, begging and pleading. And it's going to take waiting on God. There are going to be times when you just want to give up because you don't hear a thing. You don't know what's going on and you say, forget it. God's not saying anything. I don't feel any different. But you have to keep going on. It says if you cry for discernment and lift your voice, if you seek and search, then and only then. It's not going to come easy. There's my favorite verse is Psalm 33. Verse 8, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And I ask you, when is the last time you saw a person stand in awe of God? When is the last time you saw someone who is just so blown away by God that their whole day they're radiating His love? And you know that that person fears God. You know that that person hates evil. Where are the people who are so disgusted with this world's sin? So disgusted with their own sin that they cannot help but get on their knees? Where are the people that truly pray without ceasing? That is what God is asking us today. He wants to know where the people are who will stand in awe of Him. He wants to know where the people are who are going to be blown away by Him just because of who He is if for no other reason. He wants to know where the people are who are going to search His Word and going to get down on their knees and take the time and take the sacrifice to know Him. I think one of the greatest tragedies is going to be for people who get on their deathbed or even their 40s, 50s, 60s and they think, I wish I would have had a consistent time in the Word. I wish I could have had a time in prayer with God like I desired when I was young. But I just never got around to it. That is a sad, sad thing. And I pray that none of you will reach that point in your life. That you'll start now. Because I can't describe what the fear of the Lord will do to you. It's a lifelong process. God is continually changing my views on things. When you start to fear God, you will not do some things that you are doing now. That's a promise. Your convictions will change. The things that you do, sometimes you'll begin to notice, hey, this is sin. I'm not going to do this anymore. The fear, of the, the fear of God changes you, transforms you. 
And I just pray, Masters College, my friends, that, you know, I've been here three years and people, a lot of people have said that it's changed, that something has happened. It's not the same as it used to be. So I ask you today, do you really want to? Do we want to be a school who just lives in mediocrity, complacency? You know, I know for a fact that there are people here living in blatant sin. Blatant sin. And some don't care. And that's sad. Because our life is a vapor. And whether or not you want to acknowledge that, it's true. And before you know it, you're going to stand before God. It's either heaven or hell. And I know that some of you aren't saved. We already had evidence of that this year. And I thank God that Rachel, that the Spirit of God convicted her of her sin and brought her into His kingdom. So I want to know, Masters College, are we, starts with our own person, are we going to stand in awe of God? Are we going to be a college that people come in and say, those people are in awe of God. They worship Him like I've never seen before. They have such a desire to obey Him and to serve Him that I have never seen in my life. It's a college full of commitment. It's a college full of discipline and sacrifice. The people are prayer warriors. They're marching on their knees. That is a Master's College. That is my desire that I'd hope to see happen to this place. And I pray that it does. And I pray that you would have that same desire. But again, I tell you, do you really want it? It's not going to come easy. And if you don't want it, it won't happen.